0: Welcome to another episode of the Half Full Reviews Podcast. I'm your host, DJ, and today I'm joined by a special guest, uh, Mr. Nick Kleiman. Did I get your last name correct?
1: You did. Perfect on the first shot.
0: (laughs) Good. All right. Um, So uh, today we're going to be talking a little bit about what we've been up to. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about what Nick does and what he likes to play. Um, Just kind of introduce you guys to him. And then we're going to be talking about some news, a couple upcoming video games, new Magic the Gathering set was released, and then we're going to jump into talking about, uh, for our primary topic, World of Warcraft today. This one's going to be a little bit more in-depth, a little bit more veteran experience than our last episode on World of Warcraft. We're going to talk a little bit about um, the new expansion, Shadowlands, that just came out. We're going to talk about wrapping up Battle for Azeroth, the last expansion, and we're going to talk a little bit about the level squish and what that looks like, what it feels like, maybe some of the pros and cons of what just happened with that. Um, and that's going to be our episode for today, so thank you guys for joining us, and uh, we're excited, we'll get right into this. Um, Nick, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure, so uh, I'm from Connecticut, the great state of Connecticut. Um, we're not known for much, we are known as the insurance capital of the world, and uh, I've spent much of my career in uh, the corporate world of insurance, which is fascinating and fun and all of those good things. Um I recently decided I've had enough of that and I have branched out into content creation, uh, doing some online marketing and writing, as well as voice acting. And I do have a website. It's nickcliman, N-I-C-K-C-L-I-M-A-N.com if you wanna check out some fun samples. Um, yeah, and briefly, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell.
0: Now, I, know, I know I've worked with you on some writing projects and those all come out great. I know you're a very talented writer and I checked out your website. Um, I like it. You're doing a really nice job with it. It's really clean, easy to navigate there. Um, and I actually listened to some of your voice samples and stuff. Um, yeah, t- tell me a little bit about that. So you have voice samples from you reading stuff. Are you trying to get into like voice acting for cartoons and stuff? Or are you trying to do voiceovers for companies? Uh, what's kind of your goals
1: with that? Yeah. So right now I do do voiceovers for companies. Um, I work for a company that produces e-learning modules for teachers. So I try to make dry, bland content more exciting and accessible for people that have to sit there and learn something about teaching for like half an hour or 40 minutes. Um, And then on top of that, I am trying to get more into the character acting, um, you know, that sort of thing. I can do accents, cartoon voices, all that sort of thing.
0: I saw some of your, I think, did you have like a vampire demo on there too?
1: Yeah, I was reading for a part of Dracula for an online play. Uh, They're doing a lot of more online-type plays during, you know, COVID, so.
0: Cool. I liked it. That was funny. I I was listening to it and checking it out. So that one made me smile because I like to to do vampire voices, too, but they're probably terrible, so.
1: (laughs) The worse, the better. That's what I say.
0: (laughs) Probably. Then it's more unique, so. Um... Cool. All right. So um, let's talk a little about about what we've been up to or what, what we, I guess in your case, what do you enjoy playing? Um, what do you play maybe tabletop-wise, video game-wise? What kind of movies are you into? And then uh, I'll talk a little bit about which ones I've been playing recently because everyone knows which ones I, I tend to like. Um, but uh, I'll start with this one. So I'm going to bounce back and forth here. Um, I've been playing World of Warcraft, as everybody knows. Um, I haven't been playing too much Magic the Gathering recently, but uh, I was doing that pretty heavily for the past few months leading up to. I'm still playing EVE Online, uh, leading a nice group in that. Um, Blowing up spaceships. Um, Honestly, a lot of what I've been up to has been watching some TV shows with the wife and working on the Half Full Reviews website, because I'm trying to relaunch that and get that really going. Um, I wish movie theaters would open back up, but aside from that, I mean, I saw the most recent Uh, Mulan movie and stuff like that from Disney plus and Mandalorian comes out this month. We probably should have covered that in the news. That'd be a great news topic. Mandalorian coming out. Have you ever seen Mandalorian? Uh,
1: I have not seen Mandalorian, but I've heard very good things. I do need to get Disney plus at some point. I've been kind of putting it off.
0: Well, you could totally binge watch that whole uh, first season and the second season comes out this month. So that was a pretty, pretty popular show. I'm a big Star Wars fan, so I keep up on all that. Um. Uh so okay, so so what kind of games do you like to play? What kind of movies do you like to watch too?
1: Yeah. Um I am more of a MMO um/strategy game type person. I too was playing a ton of Magic before uh COVID struck us and you know, tabletop has been kind of dead. Um, But, you know, at the same time, I've kind of jumped more into World of Warcraft. I've kind of always played here and there. Um, And then, you know, as far as movies go, uh, well, let me give you this little fun background detail. I am in a theatrical production, which is a graveyard tour for this Halloween season, uh, where I play a Revolutionary War soldier who is a a doctor and uh, not a good doctor. He's a bit of a quack. Mm. So uh, you know, you can probably guess a little bit what I'm into. I love Halloween, scary movies, uh, sci-fi, fantasy, anything like that for movies and TV.
0: Cool. That's pretty. Really, that's pretty cool to be participating in something like that. Is that um? So you what you go in person, and you're you're dressing up in costume. You're trying to scare people.
1: Um, my scene is a bit more of the comic relief. I have an interplay with a French soldier who was a patient of mine who met a grisly end at my hands. Uh, so, um, but you know, it is period costume, and you know, we have the blood and the props and all of that fun stuff. So, it's supposed to be comedy slash horror and historically accurate.
0: That's really cool. So, huh. and that's over in the Connecticut area then.
1: Yeah, that's in West Hartford, Connecticut. It's right outside our capital city. It's one of the oldest graveyards in the area. So it's pretty cool.
0: Cool. Graveyard at Halloween. That's a great place to do a production.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Very fitting. So. <clears throat> um, you mentioned you like strategy games. And me and Zeke have talked. Zeke's my brother. We've talked a lot about strategy games on this podcast, many different episodes. Um, what kind of strategy games were you into? Maybe when you are when you were younger, you know, if you're still playing them. Have you played... Um, Age of Empires, um, there's more newer. Recently, there's Company Heroes. You ever played Company Heroes?
1: I haven't played Company Heroes. I did play Age of Empires in the past, as well as StarCraft, WarCraft. Um, you know, you name it. Anything Blizzard produces, I'll generally give it a shot. Uh, so, you know, things like that I enjoy. I did play Warhammer in the past as well. I don't know if you know my avatar here is a Warhammer character. Uh-huh. But... um. You know that was a big one for me for many years.
0: Cool. Um, Blizzard games are Blizzard games are cool. Did you ever get into the MOBA that they put out?
1: Um I saw it, you know, that kind of game I, I generally don't like to commit to sitting down for too too long just because, you know, I have a kid and you know she may get me up. So um you know I played strategy games more before she came around to be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah. The strategy games can take you several hours for one session. Like a MOBA, you're still looking at like 40, 50 minutes sometimes, sometimes shorter, you know, like League of Legends or whatever the Blizzard one was called. Um,
1: Heroes of the Storm, I believe, or... um, Yeah,
0: Heroes of the Storm, that was it. So that that one was slightly faster paced, I think. Now League of Legends actually has a, a mobile version coming out soon, like a mobile version of the full game, I think, as well as they do a... Zeke talks all the time about it. Jeez, he'd be better to talk to about all the League of Legends games because he follows Riot games a lot. Um, He's really into that. And it sounds like you're really into Blizzard. Um, Did you ever play Overwatch?
1: Um, I've tried it a little bit here and there. Um, Like I said, I'm more of like the fantasy MMO kind of strategy type player, more so than like an FPS or kind of fast-paced game like that generally.
0: What was your first MMO?
1: First MMO... Uh, I Actually, I think it was World of Warcraft back in 2005 when it launched.
0: Nice. <clears throat> I started on Star Wars Galaxies. Star Wars oh, Gal- very nice. Yeah, you can still play that today. We did an episode on that, too. There's some private servers you can play on. But that's, like, not as old as EverQuest, but definitely older than WoW. So it falls between EverQuest and WoW.
1: I think there – isn't there a newer one, a newer Star Wars MMO that's being released or was just released? Uh Several
0: years back, Star Wars The Old Republic came out.
1: Uh, I could have sworn there was a newer one coming out.
0: There might be. I'm going to research that and find out, because if there is, that would be freaking awesome. I'd love a new MMO. Um, But Star Wars The Old Republic was cool. That was the fully voice-acted one that was voiced over for the first time. They did, like, every single quest and every piece of content in the game was completely voiced over. And then the 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 raids and the um, dungeons, or flashpoints they call them, were, like, heavily cut Like there was lots of money spent on cutscenes and graphics and stuff. And I played Star Wars Real Republic for a very long time. I led like a 300 player guild there. Maxed out all the characters and did all the content and all this for years. Um and then just got bored with it after so long.
1: Um but what uh what character class did you play generally?
0: Um I played I guess it was a Jedi Counselor. Um so I, I played a little bit of everything but my primary was a Jedi Counselor and I did DPS and then I would switch to healing, or I eventually had a couple healing characters I leveled up to, because I led a lot of raiding events multiple times a week, and then we had events probably five or six nights a week for our guild. I was only there for two of them, so we kind of had to be a little flexible if we were leading it to fill in the spots, because you know you invite new people and you kind of have to form around them. And also having good healers and tanks in MMOs is really important. for If you're doing the more intro-level raids, just having tanks and healers alone is enough to pull anyone else through, usually. So you just put everybody else on DPS.
1: <laughs> there you go. As long as you got a strategy that works.
0: Yeah. So yeah. So that that that's kind of been my MMO experience. I've I've played everything else from Eve Online to World of Warcraft. To, I've tried out a couple of the other MMOs that popped up here and there over the years, um, little sci-fi ones and stuff. I've, I've reviewed quite a few of them too. Um, but World of Warcraft's your favorite, huh? So that's where you started, and it's kind of where you ended with it so far.
1: Yeah, I actually, uh, I played World of Warcraft uh, for the first, the re- release of it, and then the initial expansion, and then I took a hiatus, came back beginning of BFA, and I've been playing religiously since, but in between I played a, a game called Terra, I don't know if you've heard of that one.
0: I have, yeah, it's kind of like a, is it, correct me if I'm wrong, it's like a 2D Minecraft where you kind of go over and you can build and go up and down and dig around
1: uh no it's it's actually similar to world of warcraft except that it's a non-target based combat system and it's also more kind of like japanese aesthetic like more anime type aesthetic to it hmm. so it's an mmo but it is uh it was huge for a while i haven't played it much lately though hmm.
0: i'm pulling it up quick Terra. oh i see okay yeah you're right wow that's yeah, the, not the at prob- all like I was, that's not, I had a total different game picture. This is not at all bad picture. So.
1: Well, you know, Terra does mean Earth. So I could see where, you know, you could could think that. But, um, you know, the the issue I find with other MMOs is they just don't have the longevity. The player base doesn't stick around as long. World of Warcraft has been a consistent, you know, go-to because so many people have been playing it for so long. You can always find players and groups and everything else, you know.
0: It really is. Uh, I was I'm surprised every time I come back. It doesn't really matter which server you're on either. Like, you jump on a new player server that they push you onto, and lots of times, like, as, as a new player coming back, I was like, do I want to play in this, or do I want to go to one of the full servers? You know, because I, I don't want to, there to not be a population. But I, I went with the suggested one, and it's still slammed slam full of people. You insta-pop for PvP and dungeons. You have no trouble finding people running around the world, um, and veteran players even are hanging out there. I guess that helps that they have server transfers and stuff. So, but...
1: Yeah, and the other thing with it is, I mean, you'll notice you know kind of a curve as you go you'll start you know with a ton of people and then you'll kind of curve down towards the end of an expansion where you know not too many people are playing and then you get to the pre-patch and then people start to jump back in
0: that it sounds like it sounds like we're heading right into our topic here so i'm very interested to talk more about this let's jump to the news segment quick though um and then because we're starting to get into some heavy world of warcraft discussion here which is really exciting um Let's just jump over to the news, take a quick break, and then we'll come back and we're going to talk all about uh, World, of Warcraft, World of Warcraft expansions. The last one, the coming one, that level squish, and uh, we'll just spend the rest of the podcast talking all about that. So, all right. And welcome to the news, everybody. All right, so we're going to cover a couple upcoming video games and a little oh. bit about the new Magic the Gathering uh, set that just came out called zendikar rising um i'd love to cover some movies and tv um there's just not a whole lot of movies out right now we were we were looking at them before we shot this episode and there's just not terribly a lot of movies out so but uh, maybe we'll do an episode and talk a little bit about some tv shows between hulu and amazon and netflix coming up soon kind of talk about some stuff that we're watching or stuff that's uh old stuff that's good or new stuff that's coming out you know although i don't like most of the netflix stuff coming out these days so um let's see here we have an Age of Empires 3 Remastered, uh, I think it was called Remastered, but it's like a remastered version of it, out on Steam right now, and that, sorry, I'm getting Discord pings here, I don't think it's us. Um, yeah, so that's on Steam, you said you played Age of Empires back in the day, um, how much did you play Age of Empires?
1: Uh, when it first came out, I played a little bit, um, but that was, you know, God, that was years ago. I don't even remember what year the first one came out. It might have even been late 90s, early 2000s.
0: I think it was late 90s, yeah, because I remember playing as a kid, um, and at Age of Empires 1, Age of Empires 2, we used to bring them to school, install them on the computers there, and then, like during study halls and stuff, play them. <laughs> we had a pretty, pretty cool school. Um, yeah, so we used to play that, and then we'd go over to each other's houses, of course, as kids, and play Age of Empires and, like, land over the internet. But that's, like, the days of, like, dial-up and stuff. So, and
1: that was, oh, like... God, that was the best, right? Took forever to load a game, even on yeah. a LAN party.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you get disconnected, and you're like, no, and it's all gone. There's, like, no way to reconnect, you know, even if you try to save it and load it, you know. It never really quite works the same, so. Yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. I, I think I own all the Age of Empires on Steam. Um, it's cool that they remastered yet another one, because I know they remastered Age of Empires 2 a little while back, and that's the one I have most recently played again. And it actually came out really nice. It plays really well. It holds up. So,
1: Yeah, actually, I've noticed they've been doing a lot of remastering of, of different games that were popular when they debuted or were released, because I don't know if it's our age group getting you know to a point where it's nostalgic for us or what, but it seems to be a go-to for a lot of companies these days.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a good thing i think so I and mean, as long as they're making money and selling them i like it so i like getting that uh, nostalgic feel out of some older games since i collect video games you know i like to, to go back and play some stuff from my childhood
1: yeah it's always fun to kind of relive that
0: yeah age of empires 3 is the revolutionary one
1: um oh right okay yeah I didn't,
0: I didn't play that one a lot i own it but i barely ever played it um i liked two the best probably because that's kind of what i played the most as a kid let's see star wars squadrons came out a little while ago and i've been meaning to try that out maybe this week or next week i'll actually install it and try it out yeah well, i guess you have to it's 39 bucks now actually i guess hmm i'm not sure if i'm gonna try it out then because <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't like a lot of stuff coming out of ea these days and if it was free i'd definitely try it out and review it and make a little video on it too even but I don't know if I want to drop another forty bucks in uh in EA's lap because I have not liked lots of the stuff that they've done with Star Wars so far over the past couple of years.
1: So. Oh, okay, yeah, I haven't been following too closely, and I think this actually might have been the game I was thinking of that just came out for Star Wars. This one is this one is more of like a space combat type game, though.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, but it's. Uh, player versus player, you know, so you load up in space and you blast other players, and it's like you're in the cockpit of a, an X-Wing or any kind of Star Wars ship they have on there. Um, it definitely, it looks interesting, maybe I'll watch some YouTube videos on it, just so I know a little bit more about it. Um, I wonder how, we're going to have to cover back in this topic, I'm going to come back to this topic on another episode, talk a little bit more about it, because I am a huge Star Wars fan, and I like to know all the Star Wars games, So this one kind of just uh, slipped by me, kind of went right over my head, or it wasn't really on my radar kind of sneaky release um you you mentioned one before we started shooting here, cyberpunk 2077 and that is a game a close friend of mine uh is like super excited for that's coming out on november 19th um i don't know too much about it i've watched like the trailer and stuff and he's been chatting my ear off about it whenever because he's excited to play that um wh- what do you know about cyberpunk and is that something you're interested in trying out do you think you'll get it
1: you know i'm kind of old school I I kind of like certain games I like but this one I definitely have been looking at and I I very well may you know give it a shot because the aesthetic of the game the just the the graphics and um, you know I heard they even did some kind of like an AI thing to perfectly lip sync the uh, speaking voices of the characters for cutscenes and even in the game itself so it's really incredible the amount of detail and effort that they they went to with this game and the plot seems pretty cool too.
0: This game kind of reminds me of, um, in some ways, of like a game like Day Sex or something. You ever play those?
1: Uh, Day Sex. Um, I haven't played them, but I've definitely seen videos of them.
0: Those are very like sci-fi. Where like in the beginning of uh, one of the ones I played, I do not remember which one it was, but it may have been like Human Human Revolution or something. But you you play like a security guard who gets injured, and then they replace part of them with cybernetic parts, and then you have to like make decisions throughout the game on whether you think cybernetic enhancements should be more readily available to everybody, and if it's a good thing that humans are trying to modify themselves in that way. And it kind of plays on the morals of that throughout that game. So it was very interesting. Uh, and it has, like, very open-world-ish. And then you have, like, boss fights you have to beat, too, throughout. So it's, it's cool. cool. The whole series is good of Base X, So
1: Nice. Yeah, this one is very much open-world. You, will, I mean, they spend so much time and effort, you know, making all aspects of the world available to the player that you know they really wanted to focus on that particular aspect so um you know i think that it's going to be a lot of fun you know to play you just got to make sure your computer can run.
0: righty so <clears throat> next up let's talk about zendikar rising from magic the gathering here that's their latest set and because I haven't been playing this past month, I really don't know much about it, although I, I do know what you told me it was uh, kind of like a reimagining or re release or revisiting of Zendikar, I guess. Um, so I'm sure they brought back some of the originals and redid them. Um, but I'm going to let you kind of take the lead on this and tell us a little bit about that set. Uh, if you've had any hands on with it, how, what do you think the effects will be trickling down to the other formats? Um, and uh, maybe what's, did it excite you? Is this a really cool set? You know, uh, go ahead
1: so essentially what's going on here is they're they're back to the plane of zendikar which most people will know for the eldrazi i'm not sure if you're familiar with that creature type
0: yes they're like the colorless ones right
1: yes but at this point um ugin and some of the other uh, planeswalkers have trapped them in the void essentially of of the universe which is in between planes so at this point there are no Eldrazi so it's a little bit less exciting because everyone looks to you know looks forward to the giant spaghetti monsters coming out with each Zendikar set. Mm-hmm. But um so anyway they're, they're back to this this plane. Um so you're going to see a lot of the same keywords like landfall and you're going to see a lot of similar named creatures like um you know Skull, Shatterskull, Batterskull things like that. Um this is a bit toned down as far as power level compared to the last few sets, which had a ton of bombs. I don't know if you had a chance to play any of those.
0: I did play the last, like, three sets that came out. I played very heavily. Um, and I liked them all, but I, I'm glad to hear that this one might be a little toned down. Because the last ones were so incredible that, I mean, every there was 40 or $50 cards that, I mean most of them got banned right off the bat or within they played with them for a few months and then banned them out and when that's happening consistently which it did they probably need to tone it back a little bit so
1: yeah i think essentially what had happened is they kind of wanted to make standard really pop and they didn't think too much about the eternal formats which you know of late they really haven't so they kind of produced cards that were too powerful for standard and too powerful for the eternal formats as well so you saw things like Oko, Thief of Crowns, things like Uro, um, you know, things that have since been banned in several formats.
0: Right. I actually pulled yeah. two Uros or, two out of booster packs last, last set.
1: <laughs> You're sitting pretty, my friend, because I think they're still over 40 bucks a pop.
0: I sold them both <laughs> for 40 bucks a pop.
1: <laughs> That's all right. So you made a little money. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm not um, really
0: big into green or blue um so i was like yeah you know we'll we'll dump those and i bought a bunch more cards of them i just basically went out and bought a bunch of red cards and individual cards at that point at the local game store so
1: so not to derail us here but what is you what what color mage are you my friend
0: definitely red so i play goblins and uh you know we're low to the ground so
1: Oh, then you would love Legacy. Goblins is a real, real good deck in Legacy right now.
0: I have a pretty killer modern uh, Goblins deck, um, which I use the Cavalcade of Calamity. So anything less than one power or less does an additional one damage to the target when you attack. So I put out a bunch of Goblins with one power, or a bunch of creatures with one power, and then whenever they move to attack, it deals one damage for each one of them, which is, uh, it hits no matter what. You can't you can't block it, and even if you do block the creature, the damage still hits you, and it hits you before you can do anything, because it goes first. So, like, it triggers off, like, you have six creatures. You turn turn one, you drop one. Turn two, you drop two. Turn three, you drop something that, uh, either Cavalcade or something that triggers off of them, and then you move to attack at turn four or five, and it you insta-kill them. Because oh. It, yeah, because so the Cavalcade of Calamity does one passive damage, but there's also red cards that make anything red do two extra damage, so when you combine that, every time you move to attack, they take three damage from each thing moving to attack. So
1: you—that—that's
0: wow. my modern deck, basically, in a nutshell. Um, so it it wins at turn four if you if you pull it off. If you don't, you can win at turn five, six, seven, eight until it gets out of control. I mean, you fall off pretty quick once they start rolling. But you can kill them at any of those turns as long as you uh, you don't you got to draw enough mana, obviously enough lands. So.
1: Yeah, there's, well, in uh, Legacy, there was recently a card printed called Muxus Goblin Grandee and, and Jumpstart. So it's only legal in Legacy, unfortunately. But it's a uh, six-mana card that when you play it, when it enters the battlefield, you reveal the top six cards of your library. And you put all Goblin cards with converted mana cost five or less onto the battlefield, which that, is absurd.
0: That's really cool. That is cool. I like that. And that And that, That's a good way uh I guess I don't know how early you can get that off unless you're using the goblins to sack themselves for mana. So the the ones with the pickaxe, because they can sacrifice yeah. any goblin for mana. That would help you get that out earlier. I mean, most of the time when I play goblins, if I'm at turn six or seven, I'm starting to lose at that point. I'm looking for a Hail Mary card to pop up.
1: Yeah. That, that is the traditional form of goblins, but this, yeah, you do use the goblin that allows you to sack a goblin for one red mana to, to get it out earlier.
0: Yep. that's cool. Um, there's another goblin one that was an infinite combo that just came out. And uh, gosh, I wish I knew these names that I haven't played in like over a month. But there's a goblin card that lets you look at the top card, and if it's a goblin, you can play it. Um,
1: Conspicuous Snoop.
0: Yes, and so you combine that with the one that turns into any goblin. And when you do that, those two cards combined, because there's an old school goblin card that it – it can turn into any goblin, I think, or something. So when you combine that, you can basically repeat the process and keep pulling off the top and turning it into. Um, or you, it might even be better. You might even go down and fetch them. Either way, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a look at this combo next time we talk Magic the Gathering because it's an in infinite combo, and you just win instantly. You basically put every single card on the table, all your goblins. Really yeah. early on, so it was a cool combo that I didn't come up with it either. I definitely heard about this on a different podcast. Um, but conspicuous snoop was recently released, and that's what enabled the combo to trigger with the other really famous one that turns it either gets the abilities of other goblins or something. Or I don't know. It was cool. So.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what card that is, but yeah, you could definitely let me know about that combo. It sounds pretty sweet.
0: Let me see. Okay. Goblin. Let me pull this up.
1: Yeah, while you're while you're looking that one up, um, you know.
0: There we go. I found it. So it's the. Kiki Jiki card combined with Conspicuous Snoop that allows you to basically create infinite goblins because Kiki Jiki uh, puts a token creature into play that's a copy of a target non-legendary creature you control meaning Conspicuous Snoop and Conspicuous Snoop lets you look at the top card and play it if it's a goblin but also gets the abilities of that card so between those two cards they pulled off an infinite combo um, which is just cool so but uh, sorry I interrupted you go ahead what were you gonna uh, you were gonna change over topic here
1: I just wanted to uh, bring us back to Zendikar Rising for a minute here. And I was saying the, um, I think the main selling point was the new land type, which um, some of them are either a one one land type on the front and another on the back or a land on the front and a spell on the back. And you can choose to play either of them, which is which is pretty huge.
0: Now these are, how does this work? It's a two-sided card?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's a two-sided card. Uh, you I don't draw know. it then well you you draw it as um it will see the thing is it's it's not it doesn't matter what side it is you could pick whatever side so you put it you play it in your plastic so you can't see the back of it obviously so you can't um but you can't do
0: that if you're not playing with the card sleeves
1: right but uh essentially to to play these cards you need to have card sleeves
0: (laughs) i have see-through card sleeves this is a problem mine are usually transparent
1: it would be the same issue you would run into then if you were playing the, the old um, the old morph card, not morph cards, excuse yeah, me, the, the flip cards like Delver of Secrets.
0: So I thought that they had like token ones that had backs that counted for some of those back in the day so for some of these.
1: Oh, you're true, true. I You know, I haven't checked to see if they have them for the lands, but they may well have them then like um, token because lands they did. Say, you're right. They did have them.
0: And when you draw it, you replace it with the card or whatever. Yeah maybe
1: yeah yeah but but really the interesting thing with those is that there's a deck that was prominent in legacy for many years and it's now available to play in modern thanks to these lands it's called oops all spells i don't know if you're familiar with that archetype no so essentially what you were trying to accomplish is play a card called balustrade spy which says Um, When it comes into play, choose a player. That player puts cards into their graveyard until they put a land card in the graveyard. But when you are playing nothing but these lands that are also spells, they don't count as lands. So you essentially mill your whole deck and pull some graveyard shenanigans with it. It's pretty cool.
0: Graveyard graveyard shenanigans seems to be a favorite among Legacy. From what I've seen, (laughs) dump it all in the graveyard and then do crazy stuff
1: yeah but you can do it in modern now too so if you're i know you've been playing modern so if you're into that sort of thing you can give it a shot in modern too yeah for
0: sure um that's really cool thank you for giving us that recap on on zendikar rising there um let's let's go ahead and jump over to the discussion um are you ready for the discussion
1: yeah let's do it
0: All right, so welcome to the discussion, everybody. Uh, As promised, we're going to be talking about World of Warcraft. Um, We're going to keep this topic pretty open and organic here. We don't have too many bullet points or anything to go through. So I think we really just want to talk about the expansion that just wrapped up and the new one that just came out and the effects of that. Um, Just your personal experience, my personal experience seeing it. um, Just have some fun with it. So uh, feel free to start any spot you'd like to start. Um, I never played the Battle for Azeroth expansion, but... You said you came back during that?
1: Yeah, my brother had kind of been goading me back into playing for quite some time, and I, I decided, you know, the start of that expansion was a good time to get back into it, so.
0: Cool. <clears throat> um, can you tell me a little bit about it? As I'm, I'm a World of Warcraft noob, even though I've played five different points in my life and tried different stuff, I'm currently playing again right now, and uh, up to, I'm like halfway to level 50 right now on a fresh character that I just started, like, two weeks ago or less um so i'm trying to get back there i'm going to try to get into rating and all that um, and see some of the new expansion probably too um with that actually do i need to buy all the expansions or can i just buy the newest one
1: you can actually buy um shadow as long as you have the base um you know base set installed there okay so, cool. I, so I
0: can skip all the other ones um and just jump straight to the new one because this one, the subscription includes up to level fifty. So at that point, I just buy Shadowlands and go to sixty, and then I don't get all the other raid content that's not included in the starter edition either or the Shadowlands. Then, I assume.
1: Um, I believe no. I believe you get everything. I you don't need to individually go back and buy like Mists of Pandaria or any of the older expansions. You know, I mean they they're they're past now, so they're kind of ingr you know ingrained content within the system at this point.
0: Really? So well it seems, it looks like they have them all for sale still. Is it maybe that they lock out that region to go play in, but do they still give you the raids and stuff?
1: No. So actually the way it works, DJ, is um, with what happened recently. So um, we can get back to BFA in a second, but to answer your question here, they essentially what they did is a, um, a squish of the levels. So if you were a max level, which was 120, you're down to 50 at this point. And, where before you would play through the old expansions as you leveled your character to 120. At this point, what you do is you choose the expansion you want to level to 50 in once you get to 10.
0: Okay. I did notice the whole choose your path thing. This time when I came back, I noticed that was a thing where you can literally do anything you want and there's no real designated path. You can jump to one of the regions and they all just automatically your level. So that's really cool. So So then I guess they have too much content at this point. This seems like the only way to go about it um otherwise you would never see all the content unless they did keep increasing it to 130 and 140 and 150 but they didn't they did a level squish so do you want to talk a little bit more about the effects of that
1: uh, i do i just wanted to, to hit on a few things with bfa first since um you know that was what we started with here um but bfa essentially the the point of the expansion was you had a few different races that were um coming into the fold um you know as far as the alliance side you had the cultirans which are like huge humans you had dark iron dwarves if you played initially in the game they were kind of the first antagonists um the the horde got Xandalari trolls and um they also got i believe this one was uh magar orcs i play more alliance myself but so anyway they were the storyline was that there was the battle between the alliance and the horde it kind of came back to that from legion which was both of them fighting against the the burning legion yeah um
0: I remember a trailer for that actually. I remember that and they kind of teamed up. So I did I did see something about this when it first came out. So that's cool. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I you know, the problem was, in my opinion, Legion was a, a very good expansion. You know, I I played some of the content. They had different artifacts you could get which were very cool, very uh flavored to your class. This one it was what was called Azerite traits, and it was a system that incorporated too much range, just too much. You could get uh, an armor piece with totally trash stats or, or Azerite traits for yourself. So you were constantly forced to run dungeons over and over and over again to get the right Azerite. And a lot of people just felt like it was an unrewarding system and you didn't gain a lot by by doing it because you might not even get the piece you wanted after grinding for days, you know?
0: Is is this what they just recently in, in a couple of weeks, did they remove this from the game and then put it back?
1: um removed it then put it back um i heard there was something
0: i I remember the word azurite i remember them saying on another podcast that they like blizzard decided to remove something from the game from the last expansion and then they went back on it and put it back in immediately because the fans were like got upset and so they just they put it back how it was did you hear anything about
1: that you know i didn't because azurite was one of the most hated parts of, of bfa so i wouldn't I wouldn't know if, you know, if they removed it, maybe it was just for the leveling experience. I mean, it's part of the expansion. Um, you know, it was it was kind of the selling point of this particular expansion. Was it that uh, they you,
0: changed the way it worked and changed it back? Maybe?
1: That's possible. It's possible. I mean, at the start, you could get totally superfluous traits that were just useless to you. And they kind of fixed that over time so the range was less, but it was still very much range-based. And, all, you know, a lot of people just didn't really like the system. You know, as as far as I'm concerned, I liked the dungeons and I enjoyed the different um, scenery in the game. So that's more what I cared about. Mm-hmm. The system itself, you know, I ran enough dungeons where I eventually got the pieces I needed anyway. But, you know, again, that was one of the major things that people complained about for this expansion. And um the other thing was Island Expeditions. I don't know if you've heard of those before.
0: No. Is that like a voiced-over story arc?
1: so what it was is it was another they were looking for new content to add to the game because you know as time goes on there's um you know players get kind of uh satiated with what was originally there and they want more 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 right So yeah they came up with island expeditions which were these things you'd go to a certain person in whatever your major city was if you were at alliance you were in um boralis harbor uh for most of the expansion and if you were on the horde side you were in uh, Dazalore, which was like this uh, giant pyramid city. Um, but anyway, so you'd go to your person. Each, each, con- each side had a person they'd go to, and they'd take you to an island. And you'd have to harvest Azerite from the island before the other team could. You could do it versus bots. You could do it versus players. But really, it just was repetitive, and the rewards were mostly cosmetic, and, and nobody really cared. Hmm. So, yeah, so it was kind of like another selling point of the expansion that kind of fell you know, flat on its face
0: so bfa not the best expansion
1: uh people have uh pretty much ranked it as one of the worst generally i mean i had fun with it but again i I was coming back after a a hiatus so it might have just been that i was excited to play wow again to be honest
0: yeah that that does help when you're really into it whether you're playing with a sibling or a friend or someone and just or just personally you just get really into it that helps so sometimes you don't care about the meta or things that are happening on that scale when when you're just getting back into it for yourself. And if you're like doing dungeons and that's what you're doing and that's what you care about, then you don't really, big picture doesn't matter until you start getting into that end game content or if you're looking for whatever the newest stuff out is. So,
1: And, and the the other thing is over time, they'd kind of attached so many of the actual abilities that your class could have to um, artifacts or other different items that they really cut down on the abilities that you were, you were given and had access to just as a general matter for your class so this next expansion what people are looking forward to is that they're adding back some of these utility spells and other spells that were lost and kind of making them available to all specs within a class so that's a that's a big big uh, plus for this coming expansion the shadowlands
0: hmm. now i also was uh, I, i've been trying to desperately catch up on world of warcraft lingo and news to watching youtube videos and podcasts whenever i start playing a game i kind of try to immerse myself in it and soak up as much as i can i'm a little confused right now because it sounds like shadowlands isn't out yet but the big level squish patch did come out but then i heard that the shadowlands was delayed did it come out or was it delayed
1: so the initial release date was uh slated for the end of october um there was a lot of people you know i didn't personally play the beta myself um you know i didn't get access to it but um you know i watched a lot of videos on it and it seemed like the tuning was just uh way off kilter some classes were you know killing it some classes were not even map but just terrible um you know and this again had a lot to do with the adding back of abilities what abilities they chose to add for what class some of them were totally useless but they you know they were flavored for the class like uh shamans got um certain totems back and other things that ended up being not super useful um but so really what happened was people were expressing dissatisfaction with the way the beta was playing. Um, and, and so what happened was Blizzard said, you know, we kind of botched last expansion. We felt like we rushed it out. People weren't satisfied. We really want to take our time. Um, you know, again, I'm being, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. But this is what they said, that they wanted to give uh, some more time to make sure that the the release was everything people wanted it to be.
0: hmm. Huh. Yeah, that usually when they delay something. I, I was listening to one of the podcasts again. Um, and they, they said that they played it in beta and it did feel to them like it needed more polish. So I believe it. You know, I believe it. Sometimes things get rushed out the door and, and you know, you can't ever bring them back once you shove them out the door. So you can only continually patch. And with this year being as crazy as it has been with just the world as a whole makes sense that development would be down a little bit because I'm sure they all had to take time off or some of them work from home or things like that. So
1: it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, again, this is all subject to change, but effectively they have uh, stated that before the end of the year, the Shadowlands expansion will be out. So, you know, again, we'll see what happens with that. But for the meantime, like you were mentioning before, we did have the pre-patch, which is the big level squish.
0: Oh, that's what pre... Okay, so I'm telling you, I'm a real World of Warcraft noob. Because I keep hearing the word pre-patch too, and I'm like, what is pre-patch? Is that like another word for beta or test server? But no, pre-patch is like a patch that gets the game ready for the new expansion then.
1: Exactly. So it's not totally in sync with what Shadowlands is going to look like in the end. Again, because they're still tuning, changing things. But for the time being, you've gotten back some of your lost abilities that, um, again, you know, are coming from uh Shadowlands, excuse me, are coming into us through Shadowlands. Those are, you know, have been attached to the pre-patch. So if you go on now, you can play your character with a lot of the abilities you'll be seeing added back as of Shadowlands. So it's super exciting. Um, you know, the big level squish, that's the big talking point. Um, and the new way to level and play content. So I don't know how much you've heard of that, DJ.
0: Um not a lot. So, so far you seem way more knowledgeable on all these topics. Uh, go ahead and fill me in on it. So
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so the level squish was anyone that was level 120, which was the um, utmost level, uh, you are now level 50. You know, at first there was some, you know, they were, you know, Blizzard was getting some guff for that saying, well, I worked so hard to get to level 120. Well, stop, stop, stop. You're not losing your levels. Mm-hmm. They're becoming level 50, meaning... They're scaling things back. You know, we've had at this point, um, well, the game came out 15 years ago. You know, we've had so many expansions that it got out of hand with the the numbers. Like, you could be doing millions of damage and have hundreds of thousands of health. And, you know, there's got to be a, an up, an uh, you know an upper limit to that sort of thing. Eventually, I, you keep going up, that direction.
0: Cleaning up those numbers. I mean, I, I mentioned that in the last episode as we talked a little bit about it, um, was it seemed like a good time to do it. 120 to half is 60, so it's a perfect time to do it at an even number because then I'd imagine, you correct me if I'm wrong, they just cut all the numbers in half, right? I mean, pretty easy math.
1: Well, so the way it worked is like, say you were level 110. You know, you weren't full 120. You'd end up at, uh, I forget what the exact equation was, but you'd end up at like something like 48.3 or something. You'd ha- you wouldn't lose any experience. It was a direct correlation via the numbers they used Hmm. so you know you you didn't lose anything and in the end they wanted to bring it back to the original and the first you know the first iteration the the original release vanilla wow as it's called now you could get up to level 60. so they're kind of bringing it back to that level 60 again
0: i really like that spot it felt like um me and zeke as we just came back the last couple weeks when we first started it was right before the level squish and we were rapidly leveling we do a quest or two in the jump like three levels and we're like whoa like, that is really fast. Um, and it seemed like there were so many filler levels that nothing happened in. It was every four or five or six levels you'd get something new. And those levels went by so fast. It was like, we, I mean, I lost 10 levels or so in the level squish um, just when that happened. I mean, but I like it. I like that they thinned it out a bit because I, I like going to 60 or 50 instead of 120. That seems kind of daunting, even if it's the same.
1: And, um, you know as we were talking before the show the other big gripe people had had were the heirloom items mm-hmm. so if you, if you had gotten a character um to a max level with all the requirements you could purchase heirloom items now you know i don't know if you've had any on your characters at all
0: no no not at all
1: okay so so you would purchase these items you could get them leveled up um as of the latest before the expansion or the pre patch um of the shadowlands expansion you could get the items so they would follow you up to i believe it was level 120 even 110 or 120 and these items would give you a percentage experience increase and they'd level with you and didn't need repairing so essentially it made leveling just that much quicker i what like they the did...
0: idea of like a legacy kind of reward like that but it seems also kind of busted at the same point if it gives you xp and you don't have to repair it I don't think at that stage in the game, I know I'm a little off topic, but it's kind of on topic. I mean, like, if you're a max level character and you have millions of gold, what do you care if you have to repair your stuff? That seems just kind of overkill at that point. It's just why add in the repairing thing where you don't have to repair if you're already getting a bonus XP and you can share these items, right?
1: Well, the the point of them that where that people had realized leveling was so monotonous now that you had to go all the way up to level 120 is that, you know, well, I don't need to change my gear. I don't need to pick up new gear over time. I just have these pieces that level with me. I don't need to go in and repair. It wasn't about the gold. It was about the convenience.
0: Gotcha. Speeding but, up, um, but that makes sense, I guess, if you're thinking about it in the 120 levels. Speeding anything up convenience-wise really helps narrow that down. But I feel like new players would want that even more than returning players. I mean, than veteran players. New players oh, yeah. need help speeding up, but that's what this did, essentially, I guess, the, the level squish
1: yeah exactly and i've i don't know if you've started leveling anything during the level squish but i i recently made a priest uh a mechanome priest which is one of the new allied races for the alliance so the allied races start at level 10 uh, i made this character last week and i haven't really been playing too much just kind of casual here and there and i'm already up to level 36 so wait I they do start have...
0: at they start at 10 just when you first create them or that just these new races
1: exactly the allied races start at 10 uh demon hunters will start at eight before they started at 90 um and the any of the old races will start at level one and they'll go to a place called exiles reach which is the new uh one to ten leveling area
0: huh interesting and then where do the uh there's the other classes that used to start at 55 like the death knight and stuff where do those fall in this
1: it depends on if you're an allied race or if you're a classic race. I believe they start at level one if you're a regular race now. I'd have to check on that. And I believe they start they would start at 10 if they're an allied race.
0: Hmm. Yeah, most yeah, of this so- is just over my head. I'm like, most of this is over my head. But I guess I'd have to delve into maybe when I go to create my next character, which will probably be in the next two weeks here, because I'm going to try to get this one capped out. And then minus the expansion, I'm going to try to get to 50 start another character while we wait for the expansion and then we'll kind of see where that goes so maybe i'll i'll look a little closer at these different classes and races and see the combinations you're talking about here
1: yeah well it's it's pretty good because now um to get allied races you don't need the reputation which was a huge huge gated thing it Mm -hmm. would take you forever to get enough reputation in order to get the allied races but they've totally alleviated that now
0: Okay, because I, I do notice, I've seen some of the reputation stuff on a smaller scale for, like, if you want to buy the other um, mounts. Some of the mounts are locked behind reputation and stuff with other factions or other races. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that just that just leads to an unfun play style where you're locked into spending a ton of time doing content you don't really care to do because you want those races.
0: That's an interesting can of worms when it comes to races and oh maybe not racist but like cosmetic items and time sinks and stuff like that um i watched a video just the other night on a uh, what do they call it? transmog like you turn your turn your appearance items and they yeah, had a whole competition. Copy- yeah there's a they do competitions on youtube where they judge them so you can change up your look and you get judged based on your look and your mount and your gear and stuff and so like that people spend tons of time, time sinking into that to get a specific look that's very like one of a kind and they mix and match stuff. And the more you mix and match the more unique you get, the better you do in those competitions. Cause they don't, they even have rules. Like you can't have so many pieces from a certain set. You really have to mix it up and be creative and still make it look good kind of thing. So when time sinks that ways, um, that's not too much different from a time sink to get a special race, right? Or was it classes that they were locking out?
1: It was races. Um... You that's know, all, been that's almost
0: appearance-based, isn't it? Or do they still have perks to some of these races or classes?
1: Oh yeah, they they all have different racial bonuses. So, um, like for example, my my new character I was mentioning, I'm playing a a priest at the moment, which is a mechanome, which is the the latest class released, or excuse mm-hmm. me, the, the latest race released. And priest, they have priest is
0: what I play. I keep
1: going. Oh cool yeah awesome. Uh, well, we definitely can talk more about wow um, off the air. We could definitely uh, jam some together, but um as far as uh they have the ability to become an anvil um you know where you'd have to go and forge something uh at a in a city you'd have to go to an anvil or uh you know to do any sort of like crafting they can become an anvil um you know they yeah because they're robots essentially and they have the ability to create two clones of themselves to to steal aggro from attackers um you know, so they, there's a bunch of abilities that are, are racial abilities, and all the allied races have seemingly well, not all, but for the most part, they're they're pretty good abilities. So uh, people definitely want to have them as well as the cosmetic aspect. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, but um, you know, just a a last thought here on the pre patch here. Um, you know, along with the squish came uh, chromie. I don't know if you're familiar with chromie.
0: Um no
1: okay chromie is a fun little gnome who takes you through the various expansions so you choose once you get past exiles reach at level 10 you choose to go to one of wow's storied historical expansions so you can choose to level in wrath of the lich king you can choose to level in uh mists of pandaria so it's really cool because you can kind of relive the content as a whole whereas leveling to 120 before you'd skip from content to content and it felt very disjointed so they wanted you to enjoy
0: is hmm? this at all tied to that message board that you find in stormwind that tells you to go help the king in this land and you go to that land is this at all tied to
1: that so so that was the way it worked before um there is still that message board for some of the expansions some of the newer ones i believe it is but for the most part, you can talk to Chromie. And again, it's a, a little gnome NPC who will bring you, you know, Chromie obviously being a, a kind of nomenclature for time. Where is he um, found? So brings you, um, in Stormwind or in Orgrimmar, depending on, um, you know, obviously what you are as far as your your alliance or, or horde there. But, um, you know, you just speak with her and she'll bring you to whatever expansion you want. You start from the beginning of the expansion and level. So... Uh, most people are electing to do uh Legion expansion, especially if you don't have the allied races from Legion, because as you level in Legion, you can get those two allied races that were before locked behind the reputation, which would have been impossible to get leveling in that expansion. So huh. it's really super. I'm leveling my priest through there. It's one of the more fun expansions and it gives you access to those two allied races from that expansion.
0: Very, very cool. That's a good tip. So, the good information honestly just to know that that's how you would unlock them now as opposed to and that seems like a fine way to do it to play through an expansion i mean you have to unlock them some way right that's part of the well, completion I mean... part of an mmo i think to unlock things so this seems easier like you're saying than the faction
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got your purist that will never be anything other than a human or an orc or whatever the heck. But, I mean, I think the allied races are pretty cool, and it was kind of a a nice update to the game. There's not, as far as I'm aware right now, not going to be any allied races for the Shadowlands. But, you know, the last two expansions had them. So, five allied races is, you know, it's more than enough for the moment.
0: So, I guess to kind of, we'll work towards tying this up... um where where did battle for azeroth leave us story-wise did you play the story and see where that led you and then leading into shadowlands here uh you, yeah yeah do you get into the role play or into the story or the lore or anything like that
1: oh absolutely i know i know all the lore i mean like we could do you know probably 40 hours worth of podcasts on that alone but <laughs> well we'll do the tldr
0: <laughs> version just the yeah the brief synopsis so, so...
1: Yeah. So so with Battle for Azeroth, it was both factions back to their old fighting with each other. And then you had um, certain factions among the Alliance and the Horde that were kind of separate and broke off from them. And they were fighting back. I mean, it was a little complex as far as storyline, but TLDR of it. Um, at the end of the expansion, you know, you went through a, a few different uh, places in the expansion that they added as you went. Um, you know, I won't get too deep into those, but at the end of the expansion... Sylvanas kind of betrays the horde. Um, I believe she kills Saurfang in in one-on-one combat, um, outside the gates of Orgrimmar, I believe it is. Uh, you know, I it was one of the later cinematics. I think I only watched it one or once or twice. Mm-hmm. Um, but so then she kind of flees, um, you know, and then the true horde kind of comes back with um, you know, I forget who they leave because Saurfang's dead. I forget who they leave as the um, head of the horde but what she does is she essentially goes to uh northrend and uh steals the crown from the lich king uh, i'm not sure you know if you, you played any of the lich king or know anything about uh that character in the game That was
0: one of the time. it was one of the expansions i came back for originally like the second or third time i played wow i actually came back during that but i didn't get into that expansion that's just i was playing during the time when they had the cool ice king background and everything on the login
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, so it was it was a cool expansion. one of the better lore expansions in my personal view. Um, so she steals the the crown of the Lich king, who um is the controller of the scourge, the mindless undead. Mm-hmm. um and so the crown is what controls the scourge. Um, so she breaks the crown. It really isn't discussed at this point what happens to the scourge because they were controlled by the Lich King. I saw um, this
0: cinematic. It was really good. was
1: cool yeah yeah so what i you know i don't know that they really discuss it in full but what happens is the bridge to the shadowlands which is kind of like the afterlife is opened by the destruction of that crown
0: Mm, that's Um, in that trailer too
1: yeah so um you find out your your main antagonist in this shadowlands expansion is going to be the jailer um And the Jailer is actually the person that was in control of the Lich King. So the Lich King, um, throughout the cinematics, you find oftentimes that Arthas, the original Lich King, is thinking to himself that he's not in control, that he hears other voices. And it turns out it was this character, the Jailer, that was controlling him. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I won't get too long into it, but the Jailer essentially... Use the Scourge to try and destroy all life on Azeroth, which is the planet you're playing on, because he wanted to uh, take control of the world seat of Azeroth, which is um, the most powerful world seat of any of the, um, the the planets in the World of Warcraft universe. So he was using the Scourge to kill all life and then eventually attempt to ward off the Legion so he could be in control of the planet. Hmm. So, that's, yeah, a little complicated, so that's kind of where we're at now. It's, yeah that's that's where we're at it's cool that they
0: tied it in to something that old and then kind of bring it back you know they loop back around to it that's cool
1: yeah they do a really nice job with the continuity and kind of you know things that may have seemed kind of unanswered at the time or not particularly important they kind of get back to it so you're like oh you know it's like an easter egg almost i know you watch a lot of mil- uh, movies you're familiar with easter eggs so right kind yeah. of that concept
0: that's cool. And that actually reminds me a lot of our prior conversation. I imagine the gathering, revisiting an old land or something, or tying in old lore again, bringing it back. That's cool. So definitely a, a common theme between these two different worlds, these two different fantasy worlds. Revisiting and tying back. Yeah. It's good for nostalgia too, and good for the players that have been with the game for a long time, or even returning, because they're going to see stuff that they remember, stuff they recall, or they get to see where the story goes from there. I like that they're they're uh really focused on the lore and the story so i think that's cool that's important for an mmo i think so
1: they always are and i think that's one of the things also people found lacking in and bfa i mean i thought the lore was cool but i mean it wasn't you know people are so used to this epic kind of lore with it it was kind of more like infighting and and that kind of thing between the alliance and and the hordes so Uh, but they're bringing it back to that like full epic feel where you're, you know, you're really fighting the, the, the big forces of the universe. So that's cool.
0: Nice. Um, Well, um, is there anything else you want to throw in before we wrap up?
1: No, no, I, I definitely uh, I think we covered a lot of topics and we can come back to them in more detail, you know, next time on on the show or talk about some other stuff too.
0: Yeah, yeah, so yeah, we'll we'll jump around and cover a lot of different topics, um, depending on the episode, you know, we'll plan those out, but we'll definitely talk some more World of Warcraft, even if it's uh, in those what have we been up to sections, it's a great way for us to just kind of cover, and then when the expansion drops, we'll probably cover some more on that too, or if we get back into raiding, we could do one on raiding, um, yeah, like I said, there's a whole bunch of stuff we could talk, <laughs> and maybe getting a little more focused on them will help us uh, hone in on some of these, these topics, get a little more in depth with them, so...
1: Yeah, I think we I think we should play a little bit together too and then we could uh you know get that on here also.
0: For sure. We definitely should. Um we'll talk after the show and I'll let you know what servers Zeke and me are playing on. We'll find out what server you're on and uh we'll figure something out. That'd be cool. For sure. All right, sounds good. Um so so let's wrap this up. Um uh at the end of the episode, usually I just I say goodbye and then Zeke throws in his goodbye. But I wanna give one more shout out. Um if you've made it this long in the episode, be sure to check out our websites, halffullreviews.com. You can see some review articles on movies, TV products, and video games, as well as a bunch of other cool content and the podcast itself. And then be sure to check out Nick's website. It's nickcliman.com. That's N-I-C-K-C-L-I-M-A-N, nickcliman.com And I'll put the link in the show notes for both of those websites. Um, again, thanks for listening, guys. And until uh, next time, may the Force be with you.